How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Locked On NBA, the scout, an NBA scout, comes on the show anonymously and breaks down what's going on in the league for you. The only deal, it's got to be anonymous and he'll give you the inside scoop. We talk about the all-NBA teams, why he chooses who he does, LeBron and his place in history, the Celtics, what do you do now, the Rockets, how bad was that Game 6 performance, what's next for the Clippers, and how much do you value Blake Griffin, and how about those Golden State Warriors? It's all up on today's edition of Locked on NBA. I'm David Locke, host of Locked on NBA, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, founder of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have you found your daily podcast for your favorite NBA team yet? They exist. Make sure you go grab them and take advantage of the local stories, the biggest news on the local stories coming from guys who know it every day with their Locked On podcast. This is a fun one today with the scout. He's really super, and if you listen closely, he talks about some really interesting things. He's got a section on John Wall about why he where he's made a progression in his passing that I think is very different than what I've heard of before. Some really, really good stuff uh, from him. Today's show, as always, is brought to you by SeatGeek, our title sponsor. And then this is funny to me. I was shaving the other day. And I was like, I'm not sure I gave Dollar Shave Club enough love. This is really nice. I really like this executive razor. I need to do a better job for them. And then it turns out they're sponsoring today's show. So it gives me a chance to do that as well. Let's get right to it. Here is the scout on Locked On NBA. Well, Scout, by the time we release this, so this is probably a little unfair, they will have uh, announced the All-NBA teams. I'm wondering from your perspective, uh, what would, I mean, some of it's somewhat intuitive, but I'd be curious, what's your, kind of, what's your first team, All-NBA team, second team, and third All-NBA team? Uh, do I have to go by position? Well, that is how they do the voting, so you can do whatever you want, but I would ideally like you to stay somewhat in that format, but you know, I'm not going to really tell you what you have to do. All right, I'll go first team, uh, Westbrook, Harden, LeBron, uh, I'm going to go Durant, and since I'm on with a Jazz guy, I'm going to go Gobert. That's interesting. So... Two things of interest there, and then we'll continue to work through it. Durant, despite Durant's missed games, you're still putting him at first team. Yep. I actually had him as my M. I got I got to go by position, right? Yeah, I mean, and I I, I think that's legitimate. I, I actually wouldn't. Um, I had him as my MVP up to the day he got hurt. Like I would have, he would have been my MVP had he not gotten hurt this year. Okay, I can live with that. Uh, on Durant. Do you, like, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know this. I think we all kind of know this, but, like, this is probably the second greatest small forward in the history of the NBA, right? Behind LeBron? Mm, I don't like to get into superlatives like that, but uh, he's definitely in my top ten, yes. Because I have an offensive metric that I use to evaluate players, 
He's been the number one offensive player in the NBA every year but last year when Steph Curry had that historic season. He was number two. But otherwise, for six straight years, he's the number one most impactful, positively impactful offensive player. Well, considering the fact that you're always giving me defensive metrics and I put Rudy Gobert on the first team, then... I think we're missing half of uh, Kevin Durant's game. But this year, because of the way he's played defensively, is one of the reasons why I put him on the first team. That's a great point. By the way, I would have Gobert. I have Gobert as one of the top ten most impactful offensive players, too. Okay. Now you think I'm crazy. Um, not any more than I did before. That's a fair point. The concept, though, and give me – Give me a scouting perspective on this. One is we undervalue the dunk, but if someone could do it every possession, they would. So when he goes and gets you know 14 points a game at 70% shooting, those are the most efficient possessions you can possibly have, not to mention his offensive gravity to the rim is probably equal to Steph Curry's gravity to the three-point line. Um, that's great. I'm sure you have a signed jersey of him up in your house. Uh, <laughs> if he had a... Legitimate. Um, if he had Chris Paul on his team, I think he'd be even more impactful when you think about a guy like him who creates scores like DeAndre Jordan can't score. And Rudy's better than that. Um, I think he would go up even more, not to kill the Jazz current four-headed point guard, but... Um, I believe he's a good player, and the role is important in the game, uh, especially the way the game's played. So uh, I put him on the first team. I mean, I don't know what you want me to do. No, it's, I'm just agreeing with you. You know, I don't always do that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just completely agreeing with you. Is all I'm doing. Um, all right, second team, All NBA. Uh, Chris Paul, Steph, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, Draymond and uh, the third one is I mean the last uh, big is kind of a toss up but I'd probably go DeAndre Jordan um, but I could put Anthony Davis in there too Uh, so I think some people will be wait a sec you have Durant and ahead of Kawhi Leonard Uh, I I don't have any I don't have any problem with I think it's actually intuitively obvious uh, is there any um, – do you have any uh, hesitation on that? And Gordon Hayward Gordon Hayward is really close, so don't get mad at me. Oh, I'll stop Gordon it. Gordon Hayward is really close. All right, let's go third team. Let's go third team. Who your third team? I'll go, I'll go with Wall, Hayward, Paul George, uh, former Jazz Paul Millsap, and Marcus Cousins. So no Marcus Gasol, no Anthony Davis on the bigs would be the news there. Lat Wall over Lowry is your yeah, is your guard, 100%. and no Isaiah Thomas. Uh, nope. We'll find out why here in a second. Interesting comment about what John Wall's progression has made coming here from the scout on that. I was a little surprised, but uh, he gave a really good answer. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. It is the way to buy tickets to any concert, any 
game, any theater production, whatever it is you might be going to this summer, you want to use SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app now on your phone. It's right there. It's on your phone. And then go to the Settings tab and enter in the promo code LOCKED. When you do that, when you make your first purchase, they'll send you a $20 rebate. Why SeatGeek? One, they compile all of the tickets from all around at one spot so you don't have to go through that cumbersome process of checking numerous areas. Then they give you a ticket score on every single seat. That's exclusive to SeatGeek and lets you value which are the best price tickets in the building or in the venue. And then finally, it's secured and it's on your phone right there. So do it now. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab. Enter in the promo code LOCKED. It's modern technology making things easy for you, and you can do it all on your phone and have the ticket right there and secured. So make sure you do it now. Get it from SeatGeek. Special thanks to SeatGeek for their long sponsorship of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Couldn't thank them enough for it. Use the promo code LOCKED and get $20 sent back to you. Now let's get the scout's answer. Wow. All right. I love it. Why wall over Lowry and Isaiah Thomas? Um... This year he's picked up his his passing, and I think that's that's the difference in the three guys. Is uh, I've watched him grow as a passer. Uh, he still is a high turnover guy, but his assists now are are surpassing what they've been in the past. And just working on a recent report, and uh, he showed six different scoring passes in the game I watched that. Um, I didn't think he had in his game in the past, so I think he's made that step up. Uh, game seven, you'd obviously like to get more out of him than he did, and his three-point shooting still inconsistent, but uh, for his impact on his team in the game, I have him, uh, I'm confident that he's that guy. What did you, uh, when you say six scoring passes, what do you mean by that? Uh, so I'll make a pocket pass uh, to the big man after he set a pick and roll. So I'll make a lob pass. So I'll make a three-quarter court bounce pass. So I'll long hit ahead to Bradley Beal up the floor. And then saw a great bounce pass back door when his man was overplayed. And the last one that he has that I just didn't write up was coming off the pick and roll and making a, a corner pass over the top of his head to the guy on the opposite side of the floor. Who throws the best scoring passes in the league? Who would you put at the top of the list of of guys who have the most wide range of that's an interesting way to look at it. What is the what is the widest range of scoring passes that guys have in the league? Interesting question. I'd probably have to say LeBron and Chris Paul would probably be my two guys off the top of my head. LeBron's passing is so incredible. I mean, even just there was a play last night. I mean, very kind of rudimentary, frankly, for him, but I'm just not sure anybody else makes it, where he brought it down on the break, and I think it's a blowout by this point, but he, which meant it was five minutes in. Uh, he brings it down on the break, and then just off the bounce pass, I think he found a trailing love, but he threw the bounce pass backwards, kind of on an angle back. It's it's there's just a strength and a uniqueness to what he does passing that is maybe his greatest attribute. I thought one of the best passes was they ran a little middle pick and roll, and there were two guys that were up on 
LeBron, and he kind of jumped and made a hard bounce pass down the middle to Thompson, who dunked it. It was just kind of a – it was an unusual play because the way he made the bounce pass, but uh, it was very effective and and got to Tristan Thompson, and he needs whatever help he can get to score. So it worked out well <laughs> for them. I, I finished watching the game last night, went upstairs. My wife, who was a sportscaster – uh, you know, every time I play the, hey, I did this game, she has one up on me, her all-timers that she interviewed all the players at the 50 greatest all-times, the all-time best 50 at that all-star game, which I didn't attend. So, she, you know, she wins every time we ever hold this conversation. But I said to her last night, gosh, LeBron might be the greatest player ever. I, I almost need to go back and re-watch Jordan to, to go back and remember who he was and what his greatness was. It, what is your thought on – I know you don't want to say – like, if I go back and watch Jordan, what would I see? And what should I be really watching out of LeBron right now in regards to his historic spot in this league? I think LeBron has an edge over Jordan in that he's bigger, stronger, and a better passer. I think Jordan has the edge in that he's a better scorer. Um, I would like to think I could say that he's a better winner um, in terms of making big shots when it matters. I mean, when you go back and through LeBron's career, what are the game-winning shots that you remember? Like he had the streak against Detroit where he scored unbelievably 29 straight or something, which I was – was sitting on the bench for he, you know, he's had great stretches of games, but can you ever remember like the game winner? Like you can remember, everyone can remember six game winners for Jordan. So that's where I give him the edge. And then uh, the only problem with your argument is that the greatest player who still holds the most records in the NBA is Will Chamberlain. who They changed the rules for because he was so dominant. But uh, that's all another story. I appreciate you sticking to your roots right there. By the way, I don't want to give away too much on the anonymous kid right there, but I just want to—I'm proud of you for holding your roots. Congratulations! Uh, you know, check the record book. You're 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 true to your core. If you had LeBron or Jordan in their prime for five years, who are you taking? Jordan. I think that's. Uh, I think that's. Is there anybody other than Wilt and Jordan you would take ahead of LeBron? Okay, I don't like to do superlatives. Um, a healthy Larry Bird. Maybe? Yeah, no, that's what, that's what I was looking at. That's but he was he was on a really he was on better teams than both those guys. Though so you go, ba- Part, you know, he had Hall of Famers all around him. I don't know if the other guys had as many Hall of Famers around him. We go back and look at Bird. It's really incredible. Like you look at those rebounding, those assist numbers, along with the scoring. It's I agree with everything you just said in regards to who he's got. To, but we, when his prime here, – here's the one where I think gets really interesting to this question is the way – I phrased that question to you, Scout, on purpose in, that, in their prime because I actually think if you were to take any of these players for five years post-prime, that's where LeBron's got his spot maybe as the greatest player of all time. No one's ever done what he's doing having played – 40-plus thousand regular season minutes and 50-plus thousand 
career minutes at this point. I mean, this is what's unprecedented. Yeah, I'm sure Carl Malone probably wouldn't be happy with you, but that's fine. That's all right. He never has been. Um, let us move to stay with that alt NBA thing. You chose Paul George and Gordon Hayward over Giannis Adetokounmpo and Jimmy Butler. Any? Yeah. Uh, can you explain that? Um. Well, I thought you'd like Gordon Hayward. I didn't know I had to defend it, but I thought he's had a pretty good year. Um, I think he's an important part of a team that um, had a lot of success this year, and um, I think at his position, he's one of the better players that, in terms of being multidimensional. Um, I like Jimmy Butler a lot. Um, I like Gordon Hayward's positivity. Uh, Jimmy's maybe a little bit better defender when he wants to be. Um, and Paul George, um, again, he going back to old arguments, he could be an MVP candidate because you take him off that team and that's not a very good team. And... Um, but he he had uh, consistent numbers all year, and his impact on his team, I think, was pretty consistent. Did you notice the scout left out Giannis out of Dacumbo? I'm going to find out why in a second. But right now I want to tell you about Dollar Shave Club. I, I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the show today. The other day I'm shaving with Dollar my Dollar Shave Club. They sent me the executive razor and the Dr. Carver's shave cream, and I was thinking to myself, or shave butter, I think they call it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not sure I did a good enough job of, like, Talking about how cool this is. So I actually tried to life hack this once before and totally failed. And now that I'm using Dollar Shave Club, the life hack is Dollar Shave Club. Uh, The executive razor has got multiple blades and just is so smooth, glides with an incredible smooth shave, better than I've probably had before. Uh, The Dr. Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, they say, helps prevent ingrown hairs and fights razor bumps. I would generally agree. I've had no problems uh, since I've done it. Here's the deal for you. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a uh, a few bucks a month. I I would strongly suggest this. I, I was... I, I thought I'd life hack this. I thought I'd figure it out. I didn't. The smarter choice is Dollar Shave Club. Uh, so go to dollarshaveclub.com slash L-O-C-K-N-B-A. No E. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash L-O-C-K-N-B-A. And you get the first month of an executive razor with a tube of Dr. Carver's Shave Butter. You'll be really, really impressed. It's got a weighty handle. You get four cartridges with that tube. It's it's terrific. After the first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. No hidden charges. No commitments. Canceled anytime. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash LockNBA. I think for the voters who you know may not have the knowledge that you have, Giannis is going to be almost universal on these teams. What is it that you think Paul George and Gordon Hayward have an edge over Giannis? Um, four years. Um, I think if if you fast-forwarded four years and Giannis was stronger and Giannis was a better three-point shooter and Giannis didn't have to get a running start to get off to get to scoring areas, um and he stayed out of foul trouble more, then 
Yeah, I think he's the head of those guys, but um, that's where I have it. I like it. That's great insight. I had a uh, front office guy. I don't know his exact title. Say to me Gordon that Hayward's going to be really upset that you're not happy with him being on the second team. Um, well, it's third team, and I am very happy because it would increase the Jazz chances of re-signing him, and let's be perfectly honest, I would prefer that. Um, even if it means 48 and $49 million in the last two years of the deal. The I had a, a front office guy say to me what he likes about Gordon Hayward over Paul George and Jimmy Butler is that he never hijacks possessions from his teammates, and it makes him better to play with. Do you buy that? I was trying to be political when I said Gordon Hayward has better positivity. That's kind of along the same line. I think guys would rather play with Gordon Hayward, and he has more positive impact on his team. Um, But if they're playing one-on-one, Jimmy Butler would beat him. (laughs) You could say it. We're on a podcast. (laughs) All right. I think you're probably right. I mean, it's interesting uh, on that is that's the other one someone said to me is that Everyone in the league thinks Paul George and Jimmy Butler are better than Gordon Hayward because one-on-one in the last 90 seconds, they are better, but they're not better for the first 46 minutes. Which I thought was another perspective. Um, if, you're, if you're Boston, do you hold on to the first pick and play the long game, or do you use put, try to put together a championship team together immediately? They're pretty close to the championship now, right? Right. In, um, I mean, top four. So I think it it all depends on Isaiah Thomas. If they're committed to paying him big bucks and um, playing with him, then um, I think you keep the number one pick and you get faults and you play them together and then you can move. Bradley or Smart or some package of, of all the other guys that they have. But um, I really I, – I think, like, Jay Crowder is a good player and I'm a fan, but I think they are a star away from being able to compete for that championship. So if they were to trade the first pick to Utah and get Gordon Hayward or uh, – Someone of that ilk that they could depend on um, as an offensive threat every night that helps uh, make up for some of the deficits they have. Um, their rebounding needs work. Um, Al Horford is a complimentary player. And the more you watch, and especially last night, more, um you know, he's had one real standout game in the playoffs, which is uh, for as much money as they're paying him to be a complimentary player and a passer and a ball mover and occasional three-point maker uh, who can't guard uh, perimeter guys like last night. You can see where uh, he was just too gassed to get out and guard uh, a swing-swing that went to the uh, corner three, and he was stuck in the lane just because he couldn't move. Um, so I think they need some help rebounding, and I think they need that uh, that other number two guy or number one guy. Um, but Isaiah is a pretty confident 
young man, and um, I don't know that he wants to be the second um, highest thought of player on his team. So I think they know that better than anybody else. But um, like I said, if you're keeping him, then I think you uh, draft a young guy, trade the others for uh, something better. And if you're not committed to re-signing him, then I think you package that number one pick and uh, and go get a another star, whether it's Jimmy Butler or Hayward or whoever that may be. It's, it's an interesting – it feels to me – and I am not at Boston. I don't know it as well. I'm 30,000 feet on Boston. I may be totally inappropriate on this. It feels to me like everything Boston's been doing over the last, was planning on taking advantage of Isaiah Thomas while he's a $6 million player and not re-signing him. And he's become so good and such a folklore legend there at this point. I don't know what they do to move past. If they, if they really, does Danny Ainge really have the guts to move past beyond Isaiah Thomas as good as he's been for them? Yep. I think that's why he gets paid the big bucks. He can make that decision, but that's, that's the crux of their future is, is figuring that out, whether he's worthy of the 20 million and, or whatever he's going to make and, and whether he's a guy that you build around. What is your um, – if you're – without trading the number one pick, can Boston piece together enough with Bradley, Crowder, Jalen Brown to go get Jimmy Butler or Paul George from Indiana or Chicago? Is that enough, or do you think that they have to include the number one pick? I think everyone's going to ask for the number one pick just like they did during the trade deadline. Um when it gets down to uh, time, um, uh, razor's edge time, when it gets down to that time, then I think they could settle for, um, you know, a package like that. Um, Jalen Brown is still a, a young cult running around. Uh, sometimes he doesn't know where he is or what he's doing, but he's active and he's athletic. And but he's a year or two away from being really good, uh, like most young kids. So uh, you know you're taking a chance. What they see with him, what they project to him, you're taking a chance if you get rid of him. But I think um, you know with Indiana, I don't know if it's still. Uh, the Boston deal anymore with Bird not around, whether Danny Ainge wants to deal with Kevin Pritchard or how that works. Um, in the past, I would have thought Indiana, that's a good one, but I see Paul George being a Laker Clipper, not a Boston Celtic. I think he'll do what he can to make sure that happens. Otherwise, he could just stay in Indiana. Um, but with Hayward, you know, Utah has a lot of young guys too, but if they had a a guy they could throw in there um, to get one of those, to get that number one pick, I'm sure they would do a sign and trade to get that squared away. But uh, last, last uh, worst case scenario, I don't think, I think Indiana's, I'll say it shorter, Indiana's needs more better players. So a package deal with Boston would make more sense for them with uh, Utah 
they don't need more better players. They need Gordon Hayward back and um, supplementary guys. Yeah, and trying to trade Hayward for the number one pick gets a little complicated. But I, the only um, there's some in, there's some aspects where that that we can get in. There's a lot of details on that that it's easier for Boston just to sign him unless he's all NBA. Then he opts in. Then you could sign him, and then he does. Then he can't designate a player exception anymore. So it doesn't really work. So anyway, um, the game six by the Houston Rockets. Do you think that game stops there, or does that type of performance have ramifications into the next season? Um, I think that's a cloud that hangs over them going into next season until they get in the playoffs and get past it. You know, they've got further than they've been, uh, I guess, since Harden's been there. Um, going off the top of my head. No, they have a conference finals. Okay. They have one conference finals, I think. I don't think I'm wrong. I think I'm right on that. So, um, the things that we saw from Harden that game, I think, were a little concerning. And um, there were a couple times where he got in the coach's huddle, and there were a couple times where he was looking over the bench a little bit questionable. Um, I think those are the things that would be a concern from watching from a distance, um, making sure that he still had the confidence in what they're doing and what their plan is and that he's all in. Um, let me let me ask you a question. I think there's a Paul that will remain, but I, I think uh, it's first year with D'Antoni and they can still move forward from that. I don't think it's a death knell. D'Antoni told an interesting story, kind of came out about the Carmelo breakup and how he went to Carmelo and and Carmelo basically didn't want to run his system. And so Carmelo kind of said it's either the t- one or the other of us. And and D'Antoni then resign, you know, gets fired to get his money and so slash resigns. And I read that story. And maybe I've just totally bought into this, but I feel like this is a player, such a player's league that it's the coach's responsibility to make sure that you never get to that point. Like, is that a fair assessment on my end, or is that unfair that at some point the players got to acquiesce to the coach? I think in that specific circumstance, you could say, well, the same thing happened in Denver with Carmelo, and same thing's happening in New York with Carmelo and Phil Jackson. And so there seems to be a pattern there with the common thread. Uh, but I, it's 100% a player's league, and it's 100% a superstar's league. So your best player, your superstar, has to buy into what you're selling, what your program is. And um, the first day that he doesn't, then you might as well get rid of the coach because it's you can't ever get it back. Oh, interesting. And managing players is managing players and running timeout plays and in the game plays are the reason why NBA coaches are good or bad. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Clippers. What's their next step? 
Mm, I think if they were smart, they'd trade Blake and move on. Do you think uh, when we were there to, for that series, I got the vibe that Blake might just be interested in going. I mean, he's a free agent, so it's his choice. But I had the feeling that Blake would be interested. I still think Blake has a chance to be just an unbelievable force in this league. Now, I've got a bunch of metrics that begin to start talking to me otherwise. One, obviously, games played. But I, I every time Chris Paul's gotten hurt and they put the ball in Blake Griffin's hand, he's um, he's just incredible. Now, his late game numbers are terrible this year, and there's there are some other metrics that show the other side. I'm not I haven't I'm not so blind, but I do feel like if you could put Blake somewhere where he has the ball in his hands, I think he could be incredible if you just let him free. Am I too late? Is this is that day passed, or is there something to that? Yeah, you you got something in your coffee. I'm afraid. All right. Um, his games played is the biggest concern when you're investing that much money. Um, there was a period of time where I think it was Doc's first year where they ran a lot of stuff. Um, they ran a delay game with with Blake being the trailer and and screening action on both sides, and his assist numbers were were very good. And it was a way for him to touch the ball when Chris Paul didn't have the ball in his hands all the time. But Chris Paul is going to have the ball in his hands all the time. And um, I think it's time for a change. And um, Blake is probably a guy, I mean, I'm thinking in terms of like a sign of trade, but uh, Blake's a guy where I think they could get one or two players that could help them. I think they're very shallow in terms of their depth of quality players, and they're three men away from being really good. Uh, Blake is almost exclusively a four-man, and we're getting into the time of the game where everybody's multi-positional, and I think you can get a, a Three man like a Paul George that could play three and four, even though Paul George doesn't like to play four. You can get a guy who is a player like that that helps them become uh, more effective offensively and um, keeps more scores on the bench. I mean, on the floor. I think they're just at a time where uh, I think we've discussed before they have who could be the best five-man in terms of being a true center defensively and offensively in Jordan. You got Blake, who's one of the best fours. You got J.J. Redick, who's one of the best twos. And you got Chris Paul, who's probably the best point guard in the league. And so you have all those things. But you And Luke Bamute might be the best wing defender in the league in the top five. So you have both pieces. But beyond that, you can't say – they have anything else other than uh, Mr. Offense coming off the bench who looked really old at times this year in Jamal Crawford. Final thing for you, Scout. Appreciate it. Just your thoughts on what you've seen out of the Warriors so far. Um, they're just playing to get to the Cavs. They're pretty good right now. <laughs> I think they need... They do need Petrulia, and especially if, when they play Cleveland, um, to 
create a problem to keep Thompson off the boards and uh, make him have to guard uh, Pachulia in the post. And so I, I think he is important that he's healthy, especially in that in that series. Uh, but I think I think they'll be uh, they'll be fine and riding on a parade down by the Oakland Raiders Stadium soon. Oh, they might have that parade in San Francisco since they're disp- you know since they're leaving all their Oakland fans behind anyway. <laughs> Just like the Raiders. That's right. Scout, thank you very much. You're terrific. That was very insightful, very interesting. I appreciate your time. Have a great day. I hope you loved that. I thought the Scout was just terrific. Just, just terrific. All right, dollarshaveclub.com slash LockNBA. That's L-O-C-K. NBA, please support our sponsors. I really do think you'll be very, very pleased with Dollar Shave Club. I, I have been overly impressed by I hope that's coming across. Uh, and you get the... New members get their first month of executive raise with a tube of Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. So do that. DollarShaveClub.com. SeatGeek, download the app, enter in the promo code uh, LOCKED. Really, really appreciate the support we've had from numerous sponsors. Remember, Blue Apron is a sponsor. Lock NBA gets you your first three meals for free. Dell Computer, Dell.com slash NBA had a fabulous uh, monitor deal or excuse me, printer deal for you. Uh, so check those out in warbyparker.com slash locked. If you've screwed up recently and need flowers, bloom that. It's been a nice supporter of what we do as well with the promo code LOCKED. So please feel free to support any of our sponsors. Thanks to those you've given us five stars. And make sure you check out your local Locked On podcast for your favorite NBA team. This has been Locked On NBA.